Welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast with Matthew Robinson's Gaming Group. I'm your host, Tom Donnelly. Maddie's coming down off his awesome review of Cloudspire and is unavailable. This is round six, extra turn. And this is one very special episode of Game Brain because right now we are over one month into a COVID 19 quarantine. That has mean, it's meant basically that we've had to force ourselves to game virtually, which, as I've said before, I hate gaming virtually. But not with today's guests, because today's guests and I have been gaming face to face for the last month. And they're here to provide some perspective on gaming for the Generation Z crowd. Uh, please welcome Aiden Donnelly. Hello there. And Solea Donnelly. Hi. Now, I noticed you both have the same last name. Is there any relation? No, just coincidence. Just coincidence? It's, it's crazy, really. It's weird. It's weird. Um, Aiden Donnelly, you are a junior in high school. Is that correct? Yep. And uh, Soleil Donnelly, am I saying that correctly? Yes. Okay, Soleil Donnelly, uh, you are a freshman in high school. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, and about your family of origin, do you guys come from a, a family that really never played games or gamed a little bit? Or do, would you consider yourselves to come from a gaming family? Definitely from a gaming family. Yeah. Is that, I mean, with a father like Thomas Donnelly, I mean... Whoa, you got a dad who has the uh, same name as me? It is crazy. It's crazy. That's insane. That is insane. So, um, how are you guys feeling? Is this your first time on a podcast? Yep. Yep. Now, wait, Aiden, I thought you'd recorded a podcast before. No. Uh, well, aside from a couple school projects, yeah. <laughs> uh, Aiden used this very same equipment to, yeah. to record a wonderful podcast about the devil in the white city. Yeah, about a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, but the audio quality was fantastic. Well, you know, we try. Um, Let's get right to it. We have only a few things to talk about, but let's talk about game night. Yeah, so uh, I get to talk about non-virtual game night, uh, virtually on uh, game night. Um, even though we reviewed Clans of Caledonia last week, we played it again this week. We have so much fun with that game. It's a really great game that we played uh, virtually. But guys, tell me some of the games that we played this week. Do we? Would you say it's? Is, is it say how many times a week do we play a game? Would you say four to five, maybe four. more. For I think we play four to five days a week. We play yeah. games, but then oh, you said games, yeah. Oh. Um, oh, I'd say like ten. Yeah, I yeah. think so, I think somewhere around uh, yeah ten games ten games a week at the Donnelly household, not a terrible thing. So, um, what do we play? Remind me. Uh, um, we definitely play Teach You and Ricochet Robots. Yep. Very often. Big, big, big on the rotation for us. And Mahjong a lot. Yeah, a lot of Mahjong, a lot of Mahjong. What else? Sure, a, a bit of memory. Yes, yes. Occasionally a, a treat such as Winter Circle. Yes, Winter Circle. We love that. And uh, you and I played a game that was new to you this week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sagrada was a blast. Tell us a little bit for the people in the audience that don't know what Sagrada is. Give them the, the 411. What, what is Sagrada? Uh, it is a game in which you are given a, a plot. Um, and you're trying to build uh, a stained glass window. So 
there's a bunch of colored dice, mm-hmm. and uh, on the on the plot you were given, it has certain requirements. You can choose a difficulty, and harder plots will have more requirements that restrict what you can do. And and what what kind of requirements are there? What what goes uh, into the plot? Yeah, uh, you can on blank spaces you could put any die of any color, any number, uh, and requirements range from a only a certain number but any color can be placed on that square or only a certain color can be placed on a square oh. uh, and basically you're trying to uh, achieve win conditions or, or point conditions uh, such as having a row of uh, all different numbers or a column of all different colors ah and um yeah, so there's a bag full of different colored dice, yep. and each round, certain you know, you reach in and blindly pull out some, and people are choosing one of the dies and then trying to place it in their structure. And one of the interesting things is you can never put two colors next to each other. They can can't be orthogonal. That means that they can be diagonal to each other, but they can't be right above or right next to each other. And you also can never have the same number next to directly next to each other. Yeah. Which creates a really a pretty interesting spatial puzzle. What 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 was you, what did you think of the game? Uh, well, I uh, you know it was my first time playing it, but I I quite liked it. It was it was an entertaining game. It was a fun puzzle, and as I played it, uh, as the game progressed, it I realized that there was a lot more to it uh, as far as trying to figure out. Okay, if I keep rolling only red dice. Uh, and I only have like three places where I can put it because uh, another red die is right in the middle of my board and there's four spaces orthogonally that I cannot put it. <laughs> and according to the other requirements on my card, there's like very few places I can put it. Uh, you know, I, I realized there was very few ways that I could actually get points mm-hmm. um, given the, the hole that I dug for myself. Uh, but it was, it, it was really fun. No, I'm glad. I, I enjoyed it very much as well. Um, it's a good kind of puzzle game. Plays in about 30 minutes. So, Leia, I think you would like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, at some point, we'll try it out. I did notice that the board, at least, when I walked past, was very colorful and it looked like a nice game to play. Yeah. Uh, is that is that kind of an important factor for you? Is the, the look and feel mm, of the game something? I actually, it doesn't matter to me as much, but sometimes it's like more appealing if you see a game has a really interesting board. Well, I think you said that with Everdell, right? With Everdell, you were yeah. like, hmm, I'm not sure I like this game totally, but it's kind of beautiful and kind of sweet. And yeah. I didn't really like Everdell, but uh, the the board made it more fun. Yeah, there you go. I think that's fair. Um, so, Leo, you've been playing a lot of Mahjong lately. Yes. Right. Who do you play that with? Uh, I play it with my mom and grandma. Mm, yeah, and occasionally... And, and occasionally... Aiden. Aiden and you. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, the new 2020 cards for American Mahjong have come out, and so we are all a flutter about that. How you been doing? How's, it, how's the how, how the towels been treating you? Oh, it's been going really well. This year, we're marking off the hands that we've played, and I think I have like eight right now. So you wait. You've you've good. won eight different combinations. Yes. Seriously? Yes. The new 2020 hand card is a little bit harder in some ways, and it's been very exciting. I think I'm at five. I think I've won five different combinations. And Aiden, you've played it the least, haven't you? I've played twice, yeah. Have you uh, Have you logged the win yet? I, I won one of those. Times. Nice. Way to go. 50-50. I'll take those. I odds. mean, it's a good, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, listen, all the other games we're, we're going to be talking about, Teach You, we're going to be talking about Memory, we're going to talk about Ricochet Robots, we're even going to probably talk a little bit more about Mahjong. So let's leave the rest of game night and let's go to a very short segment of the news. Good evening, Mr. Mr. Nob of South America and all the ships and clippers at sea. Let's go to press we're not going to be talking about game news in this is an extra turn extra turn we generally jet jettison the other segments but there is one piece of game news that we have to announce we must talk about this the golden geek awards we've mentioned those in the past they are out the nominees are official and ladies and gentlemen we game brain is one of the 10 nominees for board gaming podcast of the year yes ladies and gentlemen it is an honor just to be nominated we are over the moon thank you so much to everybody that went out there and voted for us it means the world it really does it's it's sort of you know Maddie and I were talking about it the other day and a lot of the other things are you know we do this podcast because we love it it's something that we talk about anyway it's something that occupies our brain space anyway and we figured maybe it's something we could share with you and when we got the nomination, we realized that in a very real sense, even though there are other podcasts out there that have a lot more listeners, um, we touched some people and we made an impact in a community that we love. And uh, it, it means a lot to, uh, to be nominated. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone for that. And I also need to say that there's still one more vote that has to go, right? We've now been nominated, and now we're voting for the winner. The, the votes are, are flying in. You can go and vote right now at BoardGameGeek.com. Look for the Golden Geeks, I think, in the news at the top of the statement. You, you can find that. And um, May 1st is the deadline. On May 1st, the voting will close. So please, please, please. Uh, vote if you can. In order to vote, you have to be a you have donated to and be a supporter of Board Game Geek or pay twenty geek gold. Uh, hit us up on the socials if uh, you don't fit either of those circumstances, but you want to vote for us. And who knows? We'll see. We'll see what we can do. But uh, everybody that can vote, we would love it, love it, love it if you would uh, vote for us. Look, we know that we're up against podcasts with 10 times our listener base, but it is our hope that our base is 20 times more rabid. All right. Um, the other piece of news we got for you is that um, next week we're going to have another special episode. It's going to be the first episode of round seven. And the first episode of round seven is going to go this way. Maddie and I are going to be rocking the mics and we're going to try and do a call in show. So, if you would want to call in with your Game Sommelier request, if you want to call in and discuss a topic, if you want to call in and, you know, talk about anything with, uh, with Maddie and with me, by all means, do. We will have more information for that. Uh, we'll put it up on the socials. We'll put it up on, you know, Insta, on Facebook, and on our Discord channel. And uh, maybe, maybe for those of you that are not uh, hooked into our socials, we might record like a quick one, two-minute little announcement sometime this week just so that everybody knows when we're going to be doing this. And uh, join us for a bold experiment. We've never done a call-in show before, and we're looking forward to trying it. That is all we got for the game news. And now the extra turn can begin. Aiden and Solea, you guys are younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the youngest, I don't know, we're, we're old people. To you, I mean, 
to, to our <laughs> listeners, we're perfectly fine ages, but to you guys, we're all decrepit dinosaurs. I understand that, right? By the way, you're nodding right now, which in an audio medium does not work very well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I understand. We're old. We're uh, what's the, what's the phrase you use with me all the time? Boomer. Yeah. Goodness. But oh, you say okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. To me all the time. Only Salah. Yeah. Yeah, only me. It was a phase. To be clear, I'm I'm Gen X. Okay. To be we clear. are aware. <laughs> <laughs> Do I mention that every time? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. But you guys are Gen Z. Yeah. You're not even millennials. You're Zoomers. You're pre, you're the Zoomers. Oh, exactly yeah. right. You guys are the Zoomers. You are the next generation. And what what I would like to know, and what I think our listeners might like to know, is where you fit into games and gaming. You guys, I think it's safe to say you're very different gamers, right? Yes. Polar opposites. Polar opposites. And would it surprise you to know that in our game group, we also have polar opposites? No. Not with Paul. <laughs> Not with Paul? He's <laughs> always finding an innovative way of playing things. To be, cl- uh, yeah. to be clear, um, Paul is their uncle. As I said, I yeah. said many times, I don't know if people believe this or not, but Paul yeah. is my bro- Paul is my brother-in-law. So, uh, so Uncle Paul is a frequent frequent guest of the podcast. So, I'm going to tell you the names of the people that are on the podcast and what their names on the podcast are. So, we have Alfred. I'm not sure you guys ever met Alfred. Great guy, really. Oh, you, Aiden, you met him? I you believe could, so. Oh, dude, yeah. When, when did you meet Alfred? Tell me the, the circumstances. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, we went to a uh, silent concert on Santa Monica Pier. And uh, it was, it, well, it was the first time I'd done something like that. And it was really neat because everyone had these uh, headphones uh, and they glowed either green or blue. Uh, and, and Alfred was, uh, the, the I believe, the green DJ at the time. Yep. And uh, it, was, it was really fun. It was fantastic. Yeah, because uh, when he when he switched with the uh, person that had been doing the uh, green channel before him, uh, you know, there was a, there was a surprising number of people that were changing from blue to green. Then so, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was fantastic. So Alfred in our group is the rules lawyer. All right. That's his, that's his official title. He's the rules lawyer. He'll be the one that'll be like, um, you're playing that wrong. I believe that the proper way to do it is things like that. Or, <laughs> or um, excuse me, did you take two wheat for that action? Because I believe you were only supposed to get one weed, right? So, who, who uh, in our in our gaming group, which is our immediate family, including Paul and all that sort of stuff, who would be the rules lawyer? Either you or Aiden. Yep, I think that's probably true. Yep. Then we have Dimitri. Now we all know Dimitri. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think about Dimitri? I think he's great. Yeah, Dimitri's the best, isn't he's he? The best, yeah. He's very funny. He's very funny. Uh, Dimitri, he, his name has changed. He's now called the Philosophical Gamer because he's just a very philosophical guy. But originally, and in our heart of hearts, <laughs> he is the non-gamer. And by non-gamer, he's like, I just want to hang out with my friends. That would be my title. That's right. That Wouldn't would, you be the would non-gamer? That yep. would be mine, yeah. Totally. Then my friend Elder, Elder's the professor because he actually teaches gaming and things that's, like that at universities. That's Tom. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> uh, then there is Jake, the casual gamer. He's like kind of the guy that'll, yeah, you know, if you're playing a game, he'll play a game. That's definitely our mom. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, then Jennifer is the game pioneer. Like she's been doing this for, a, she's been gaming for a long time and was really introducing a lot of people to new games over over many, many years. Me again? Yep. Yeah. In comparison to me, 
Jennifer is like what I am to you. Jennifer is to me. Jennifer is a real, Whoa. yeah, big time, big time. Then Jesse, Jesse is the analytical gamer. He's always thinking about it. Say it. Definitely Aiden. Yeah, that's Aiden. Probably. Big time, big time. And then Maddie, Maddie is the game enthusiast. He's a guy that's just tremendously just, just up for anything. Just Good, a, that's that's <laughs> definitely you and Aiden. <laughs> and then, of course, we got Paul, the game breaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty much, we don't have one of those except for Paul himself, right? <laughs> yep. That's Paul. It makes the game so interesting, though. <laughs> it's, it's so fun. Especially with uh, our family. How so? Uh, in a lot of games, we tend to play it out a very similar way each time, and he is a uh, a, a random card in that. Oh, yeah. Like in Ricochet Robots, he'll call out like a crazy high number. Yeah. And just like see if he can figure it out in time, and that's something no one's ever thought of. We like find the route and then say it. Yeah, we've actually talked about that on this show. Uh, we've talked about how... You know, that's one of his hallmarks is trying to come up with a new way to play an old game and to change up the dynamic, which he does. I mean, it doesn't always, it does, it's not always successful. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> always result in a win, but it always makes the game more interesting. Uh, and then last but not least, there's Trey, as you, you guys know Trey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think about Trey? He's great. He's great. Really? Funny. Yeah, sure? fun. super funny. You like him? All right. <laughs> Trey is the game designer because, as you well know, not only does he design LARPs with me, but he also uh, has a business designing uh, educational games for museums and things like that. So yeah. uh, wow. that, is, that is our group. And so you guys think, Aiden, of all of those, which one? We said there were a couple that were like you. Which do you think you are the most? Likely the analytical gamer. I think that's very, very true. And so, Leah, you're <laughs> you're kind of in between Dimitri and Jake, I think. You're kind of yeah. in between the non-gamer and the casual gamer. Would yeah. You, would you say that's right? I, w- I would say that's correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. We have the analytical gamer and we have the casual gamer, which are very... In our game group, those are different ends of the different spectrum. Ends, yeah. Those are totally different ends of the spectrum. So putting together game time with the family is a tricky thing because we got to figure out a way to make these things work. So let's start with what, not, I'm not even asking for a game right now, but what makes you happy when you're playing a game? What is something that you love about games? Probably my favorite thing in a game is uh, trying to, I, I guess a game that, that, forces you to try to anticipate your opponent's next moves going forward. Mm-hmm. So I like a game where I have to gauge a series of actions that I can take mm-hmm. uh, against the series of actions I anticipate my opponent taking mm-hmm. uh, many rounds in advance. Um, so like Twilight Struggle, for example, is probably my favorite game. Can you tell Aiden's jumped into the deep end, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Aiden is all in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Soleil, you were shaking your head at the... Yeah. Is, is that the opposite of what you like the in a game? complete opposite. I like, I like games that are fast-paced and really make you think, but it's not like a long, drawn-out strategy. It's more of a fast-paced, just like have fun with other people, and it's not going to take up a huge portion of your day but you definitely do think and i really like mystery games ah deduction games that kind of thing yeah but it's it's they do have a strategy that's a little bit longer than something like ricochet robots but 
it still seems like there's a beginning and an end and there's less anticipation because the game kind of does that for you. Gotcha, gotcha. And Ricochet Robots fits into the category of, of the games you like because it's very short and because... Fast well, and it's and it's a brain game. It's really hard. It, yeah, I've noticed that. A lot of non-gamers or casual gamers, the brain game thing isn't always a, a, a draw for them. For some of them is. Actually, I think for Jake it is. I think Jake loves Ricochet Robots too, and he's the casual gamer. Oh, it's it's got to be one of my favorite games. Uh, yeah. Uh, what What is it about it that makes it so great for you? Well, part of the thing is I used to play it when I was like seven, mm-hmm. and it would destroy me. I wouldn't be able to like get a single one, and Aiden and you would just six or just call out it so quickly (laughs) and partly when I came back to it at 14 and I was actually able to get them pretty quickly that was exciting but um there's also that that feeling of like accomplishment once you get it and you're like wow I'm starting to see these patterns more clearly right yeah recognition so you grew with the game to yes. some degree. And you can chart your own mental progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that no, that was fun. Which is kind of neat. Um, for those that don't know, Ricochet Robots is a uh, an abstract strategy game in which we are moving robots on a slick floor that has got, you know, some walls and some places and some target locations. Each ro- There are five colors of robots. Four of those colors of robots have four spaces each that they have to get to. The problem being that once a robot starts moving, it will not stop moving until it hits either a wall or another robot. So sometimes to get the robot to the space it needs to go to, you're going to have to move other robots to get in the way of it, to stop it, and to change its direction. So you're moving the robot to ricochet off of any solid wall or other robot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, you guys have come a long way in ricochet robots. (laughs) Uh, When we first started playing, I used to have to go easy on you. Yep. I no longer go easy on you. No. And unfortunately, you guys do not go easy on me, and I don't understand why that happens, but (laughs) I can't remember the last time I won Ricochet Robots. You uh, you guys are both really good at that game. Really good. It's crazy. Um, What, Soleil, what would you say, like, if you had to pick, like, two or three games that are your favorites, what what are they? Oh, Mr. Jack... Mr. Jack is a deduction game? Yeah, it's Clue, which I used to play all the time when I was younger, but it's harder, and it's more of an interactive game. With Clue, it's a little bit more like the game already has everything figured out, Mm -hmm. but with Mr. Jack, it's more depending on what the other person is doing, and it's more adaptive. Clue, you can play with four or five people, Yeah, but Mr. Mr. Jack Jack is is a two-player game. Correct. Two-player only, and one person plays the detective... And the other person plays... Mr. Jack. Yeah, Mr. Jack. And the idea is there are eight pieces on the board, and only Mr. Jack knows which one of those eight pieces is actually Jack the Ripper. And he's trying to put things into a certain way so that Jack can escape off of the board. Whereas the detective is trying to eliminate players, and that's mostly done by how many of the pl- how many of these uh, pieces on the board can be seen in the in the gaslights that are going out as the game goes on, mm-hmm. and how many can't be seen. And Jack has to reveal whether or not he's seen or unseen each round, which is a really good dynamic, right? Yeah, it's a fantastic game. It's like the right amount of time. Yeah, it's not too it's not too long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And it's a real challenge every time we play it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and each side has like an equal opportunity. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, I think, I think, um, I, I don't know. I think it's probably easier for the detectives and harder for Jack, but yeah. not by too much. Jack wins. Jack can, if Jack gets the right character, you know, yeah. Miss Stealthy Each and can immediately win. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because it has to be dark. That's true. Each That's character has around. a new set of skills. Like one can move through walls and one can teleport, uh, go through potholes. Uh, so each, depending on the character that Mr. Jack is in that game, it can be way harder or easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think the last few times we played Mr. Jack, Jack the Ripper has been bad characters, like characters that are not, mm-hmm. that don't have a really good advantage. Yeah. Which is uh, which is tricky, but uh, yeah, very good game. What what else? What else are your, uh, some of your There's tops? so many. Um, I would say I really like Castles of the Mad King Ludwig. Ludwig. I would say that that if there is a game that you've requested more than any other game, it is Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Um, so tell us about Castles of Mad King Ludwig. What what is the game? We've we've talked about it very briefly on the podcast, but never given a full description. So you're te- you're working for the king Ludwig Ludwig, and you're buying pieces for your castle, so you can buy a kitchen or a like outdoor area. Or it's like a sleeping area and you're trying to build a castle that's going to give you the most points at the end of the game. And there's certain criteria for like what gets you points and Mm -hmm. that changes every game. But another fun aspect is no matter whether you win or lose, you still get to like build a castle Mm -hmm. that is really interesting and fun with all different uh, passageways. Yeah. And we have a discussion at the end of the game. Like it's almost like in our family. Okay. So... Uh, Solea won on the points, but really the real question is, is which castle would you want to live in? (laughs) Mama's, mama's castle is awesome, but she doesn't have any of this and, you know, and Aiden's castle, look, he's got the billiard room, all activity rooms, he's got the horse stables and he's got a bowling alley and you know, that's a pretty fun place, but he's got nowhere to sleep and he's got no kitchen. Yeah. And that's, that's almost the like, uh, a an equal goal to winning to get a castle that's fun to live in. I had once the cheese room, the wine cellar. Uh, I was, I was good to go. I I, I had a nap room or something like that. So I was, I was all sad. I was like, this is my ideal castle. (laughs) I think I lost that game by a large, a large margin because I was solely (laughs) going for the best castle win condition as opposed to the victory point win condition. Um, Another good thing about the game is that it's very spatial. Um, the the rooms are different shapes and different sizes. There are s- large circles, small circles, large squares, small squares, long corridor type structures downstairs because there's basement areas that come up, and each room only has a certain number of openings, and so fitting doorways with doorways, it can become a real interesting challenge sometimes. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, you part of the. Like question is when you're buying, is this going to fit or am I going to like close off this area? Mm. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and Aiden, for, for you, you said Twilight Struggle. Would would you say that's your your number one game? Yeah, probably. What's 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 great about it? What do you like? Well, aside from the aforementioned uh, necessity to try to anticipate your opponent's actions and you know weigh that against your own for several rounds in advance, uh, it, it's just it's it's. I don't know. It's really fun. It's, <laughs> you know, it's something I can sit down. It absorbs all of my attention. 
uh, and <laughs> I can desperately try to beat you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which you do sometimes. Occasionally, it does happen. Um, it's it's really fun. There's uh, well, I think part of it is also maybe the theme. You know, I I do love history. Mm. Uh, so, you know, uh, learning about the Cold War. Uh, you know, after after playing the game was was an interesting. Uh, activity in school which is an interesting side subject let's get into it right now you're taking ap us history right now is that correct yes has the playing of twilight struggle so many times in any way helped you in your studies um to an extent yeah to an extent though i'd say well for for cards such as uh, de gaulle leads france and yes. such uh you know, I, I knew who Charles de gaulle was already but uh, in general it's more recognizing oh wow that's why the Warsaw Pact is such a powerful card. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's less that it's teaching you things, but more like when you, I don't know, I, I think that's still a good thing. In, in APUSH, in AP US history, you're being bombarded by so many facts. By the time you oh, yeah. get up to the Cold War to stay focused is pretty hard. But having played Twilight Struggle, you're like, oh, defectors. That's why that card yeah. is like that. I get it now. Okay, here's the here's the Cuban Missile Crisis. I, I totally know why why all of a sudden the DEFCON has said it too. Uh, and immediately, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And now, over our lives, you guys have played lots of games. We've played games with you since you were very, very, very little. What games helped you learn things? Because that's a that's something that games can do that in particular for youngins like yourselves <laughs> can be a big can be a big thing. Uh, Ten days in the USA is how I you know was able to do all of the states in fifth grade and then a lot of geography in eighth and even ninth grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ten days in the USA. Tell tell us about that game. And then, so, by the way, we have three of them, right? There's 10 Days in the USA. 10 Europe Days in Africa. Europe and Africa. And then there's one for Asia, but we don't have it. And there's one for South America as well. We, don't also, we, don't, we also don't have Central and South America. But uh, you're mapping a route, and you have, to, you have to be able to get to each state. So you, ha- so you can walk from Utah to... Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> and then nice. from Nevada to California. <laughs> Obviously, the lessons you learned from that game don't always stay with you. <laughs> Maybe not. But um, so you're, you're trying to make a route that works and you can use planes or cars to get there. But you, my dad would print out these cards that had the information. So if I would go to like California, there would be a card attached to it that explained the state, the bird, the capital, capital flower, everything. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes that would be something you would be quizzed on, right? Yeah, and I feel like learning games sometimes, especially at the time, were not my favorite because they were trying to introduce a lot of them in school and I found them to be boring and just like you obviously could tell that they were trying to get you to learn. Mm -hmm. But 10 Days is still a game that I really like to play and it doesn't feel like a learning game, but you're gaining a lot of knowledge from it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we we talked about that with Trey because Trey designs these educational simulation games at the Reagan Library. He has one called the Situation Room and all that sort of stuff. And the way to balance that is a really tough thing. Like a lot of educational games up until quite recently have not, they've been so focused on the education that they kind of leave the game part out. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? There are games out there that are great for education. You just have to use them in such a in, in exactly. such a way. And ten days, I play ten days today. I don't. I like that game. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a fun game. It's about to play. You played it today? No, I said I would play it today. Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to do that. I, I think it's a, a really good game. And even without adding the flashcard part of it that I'm talking about, even that, if you guys were to look at a map of Africa or a map of Europe, you could probably, if without the names being on there, you could probably pick out most of the... Oh. For instance, here we go. Little quiz. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no. Here we go. The quiz. Um, Solea, what is the capital of Finland? A classic. Helsinki. Helsinki is correct. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when a boaty don't floaty, floaty and... I don't know the rest. Where's a place you don't want to go when you die? Where's a place you don't want to go when you die? die. And what, what happens, happens when, when a Bodhi, Bodhi don't floaty? Helsinki. <laughs> <laughs> so we came up with all sorts of ways to mnemonics to remember things like that. Indeed. And what's the capital of Norway? Oslo. Very good. Yeah, these guys could. These guys can pretty much knock it out. Um, uh, they're pretty good. Uh, Soleil, what is the capital of Slovakia? Bratislava. <laughs> Bratislava, it is correct. <laughs> so, yeah, they can kind of go through all the, the different countries of Europe and name them, and, and probably even some in Africa, though. The, the, yeah. Uh, we, played know, that one, we played that one the least. I think it's because by the time we got that one, you guys were older and were kind of moving on to other games at that point. Just was, last semester, I used that map a yeah. lot in Global Issues. I was about to say, in fifth grade, it was helpful to play... Uh, the U.S. states game because mm-hmm. yeah. we were having to learn that. But in uh, Global Issues, for a semester, we had to learn uh, every country and every capital in the world. So Europe, the U.S., and Africa, we had covered a lo- really well. So that was really helpful. So while your classmates were struggling and studying uh, oh, and all yeah. that sort of stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I got it. No, yeah, no, it's where you don't want to go when you die. And it's mm-hmm. uh, what happens when a body don't floaty. Come on. Yeah, for <laughs> like, it was, we had it, we have entire tests where we have to fill out a blank map. Oh. And the little countries in Africa, like Togo and Ghana and all of that. Those, oh, yeah. Those can be really difficult. Yeah, but not for you, not for you because no, yeah, the you, you game already got it. A lot. Yeah, Asia yeah. was tough. Southeast Asia. Asia was yeah, very because difficult. we didn't we play didn't the, game. the game. <laughs> it's a travesty. You guys should have told me we would have gotten that game. Yeah, come on, I got, <laughs> I got no problem with that. Um, uh, other games, other games also. Uh, what what did you say? It's like memory. Memory. Yes. Other games. Now there are games that you use to study that are educational in that way. There are other games that work the brain. Something that us older people are having an issue with now is dementia and all that sort of stuff. And we're finding that things like doing puzzles and reading, keeping the mind active is a really, really important thing to stave off dementia, to reduce the effects of it and to reduce its onset, to, to, link the, to shorten its uh, onset to later in life. You guys do a lot of brain training type of games. None more than Solea's favorite game. In memory. Memory. So we have to explain something here. Um, I think Aiden is the champion of Ricochet Robots. For sure. Uh, Soleil can sometimes win. Daddy can sometimes win. But mostly Aiden wins. And it is, it, it is a speed of pattern recognition game where you are looking at a board and the solution could be three moves, the solution could be 20 moves. And you have to quickly move through all the different combinations. It's like your brain is literally trying to be a computer and break down a complex cipher into a single solution. And Aiden's brain has been 
cross training, like it's preparing for the Olympics for this for years and years and years. And you've gotten so fast, my man. I mean, crazy. I, I really like the game. <laughs> if, if there's ever a solution that I come to within like the first second, we'll just move on. And you almost get like disappointed yeah. when the solution is under like four like, moves because I get it instantly. Yeah, but if there's anything that's crazy hard, there's a point where I just give up because I know that the the person who's going to get it is Aiden, and if he can't, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. Um, yeah, Uncle Paul is driving back from Florida as we speak. He's uh, leaving Texas today uh, on his uh, on the rest of his journey. He's left Florida yesterday. And when he gets back, we're going to have to play Ricochet Robots with him. And I just I oh just boy. want you guys to know <laughs> that he never, ever, ever backed off and stopped you guys from crying. So I never. want you guys to make him cry because he loves Ricochet Robots. It's in, his, it's in his top 10 games. And you're going to destroy him. I mean... We'll see. I'm ready to avenge my <laughs> seven-year-old tears. I don't know. If he, if he instantly calls out like nine, I don't know if I can get it in the next 30 seconds. You probably can. You probably can, especially if he calls out nine. You, yeah. You, you got him. You got him there. Um, yeah, so that's your game. But Solea, since she was five years old? Four. Since you were four years old, has been truly, and I mean this in the deepest sense of the word, unbeatable. At memory, been beaten once in the in in all those years when I was four or five. To put it into perspective, Aiden and I played a game against Solea where the two of us were working together to figure out where the things are. Memory is a very simple game. You have a whole bunch of tiles. Um, each tile has one tile that's exactly the same as it. They're all flipped down, and a person turn takes a turn flipping up two, and if they match, they get that pair. So Leia against Aiden and I together beat us 20 to 13, something along those lines, something insane. And when she was four years old, she could do it as well. She would just look at the map and something from a half hour ago, she would remember, oh yeah, it's this one and this one. Um, that is something that's always been a strength of your brain. And it's kind of amazing to watch. It's almost like, I don't want to say savant, but it's a little bit savanty. Yeah. No, it's, I don't know. It's also, I only play one set, which is like a Dora set. <laughs> I really connected with that when I was little. So I, some of the tiles now are a little bit like ripped and stuff. So you can make a match, but. But you're very good about it. You always point out, you say, this is a tile that's a little different than the others. So notice this one. And this one yep. is, is the Mappa. Before the game, I'm like, okay, one match of the map has this big rip on it. This is the tile. Okay, everyone sees it. All right, now let's play. <laughs> and to make it even more confusing, um, Aiden and Solea grew up speaking Spanish as their very first language, and English was their... They spoke English and Spanish from birth. So we always watched uh, Dora as Dora la, la Exploradora in Espanol. So it, it's not the map, it's Mapa, and it's not uh, Backpack, it's Mochila. Yeah. And so like everything has Dora this, saltando. Dora saltando, the Dora jumping. So uh, I have a theory that maybe your advantage would go away if we brought out a different memory set that had totally different tiles. But then that was the theory. But then at the cousins, we played some like princess set. Uh oh. And devastation. I, I think someone started crying. It wasn't a good. <laughs> 
It wasn't the best experience, but I think that we foiled that theory. Okay, so so regardless, you are a memory champion. That's 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 awesome. Um, let's talk about some other games. Um, memory we talked about, but what about the mind? I've played the game with you a couple times. What do you guys think of it? I I love it. Yeah, uh, it is the one where you are uh, trying to play. Uh, a sequence of cards from lowest to highest, yeah? Yes. Okay. The bunnies? So, yes, the yes bunnies. it does have the bunnies. Um, <laughs> so, do they do they know what the game is? Um, I think we've talked about it on the podcast. It's a, it's a game that simulates telepathy. There's a deck of cards that go from 1 to 100, and each person in first round gets one card. And they look at each other, and they focus on each other, and then they wait until somebody turns over the first card. And the idea is you want to turn them over sequentially from lowest to highest, which, hey, if somebody's got one, they turn it over immediately. If somebody's got 99, they're going to wait until the cows come home before they turn over their card. And if somebody else has 100, they're going to be staring at each other for a long time. But that's the sort of psychology of it. If you succeed in that, the next round, you deal two cards each and you see how far you can get. How far do you think we got, Aiden? I think one time we got... Something maybe insane. six cards. No, I think we got twelve once, didn't we? Not with you. Not with us. I don't. I don't believe so. But but there was uh, four of us, and we each had six cards. I believe four is really six hard. or seven. So you know those twenty four, maybe twenty eight cards there on the table. And the best thing is 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 when you have one of those runs where everybody's numbers are close together, and you yeah. and you get it right. I mean, it, it's it takes a couple tries initially because you have to figure out the pacing of the other people at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people are like grandma are, are more reluctant to, to play a card, even if, you know, they, they'll take more time. Yes. So you have to uh, get an idea of their pacing. But once you've got that, you know, once you can kind of feel that out, it's incredible. The amount of times that you will get right a sequence where you have 21, they have 22 and somebody else has like 24 because nobody knows. And, and sometimes there'll be a gap where the last card plays was like 47 and the next lowest card that anyone at the table has is like 80 and everyone's just waiting <laughs> and, and they'll figure it out. <laughs> um, what games do we play the most with the family? Because you mentioned playing with grandma. What games do we play as a family? Because we have um, the entire family over. That's Paul and his, his wife, Auntie B. Barrington, um, grandma, Uncle, Uncle Greg. Greg. We have sort of a big group for dinners quite often and when we do that we almost always play a game afterwards what are some of the games we play afterwards seven wonders seven wonders big time probably the most played right yep what else what else what other games do we play in those sort of situations cartagena a lot cartagena we're playing a lot that's true a while back skulls and roses skulls and roses big time yeah 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 definitely wits and wagers occasionally sure yeah yeah yeah. we play the wits and wagers absolutely twice so let's start with uh seven wonders i think as our most played family game where where do we sit on it what what, what do we think Soleil? what do you think i think it's a fun game i think it can sometimes take a little bit longer than i would have hoped Mm -hmm. but i don't know i think that depends on the people playing Yep. Um, I think it's super interesting. It takes time to learn the strategy. Like you, you should get resources the first round because they're more expensive the second round, and you also have to know which board you're playing. Like yeah. uh, Giza, you want to play a bunch of blue cards, and Halicarnassus. Mm. I personally 
that's my favorite and I like playing sciences. So there's a lot of little like Yep. <laughs> Aiden agrees. It's a lot of uh things that would be difficult for a first time learner in that game but once you learn it it's a really fun game to play with a lot of people um skulls and roses tell me about that aiden uh i i love skulls and roses it's uh it's a fun game you have four four tiles uh three are roses one has a skull on it and at the beginning of every round everyone places a one of those tiles uh out in front of them and face up face down face down uh, and then somebody bets a number. And what they were betting is, this is the number of roses I can flip over on this table, right? So, the, the uh, you know, play will go around and people will either bet higher or they will pass. Uh, and once somebody bets a number that nobody else thinks they can, they can beat, mm-hmm. uh, they will all pass and that person has to flip over that number of roses. If they flip over a skull... Uh, they have to give uh, give up one of their tiles. Mm-hmm. So eventually, uh, you know, the, the game ends when one person is the only one with tiles remaining, uh, and it can become a thing where if you realize that one person only has a skull, you know, you're, you're never going to pick them. <laughs> and uh, if you realize that somebody only has roses, they're a freebie. It's really fun to watch everyone like start to not trust people like our uncle (laughs) our uncle greg is notorious for putting a skull and then our grandma too will just surprise you and put a skull uh and so you you the people who are flipping who got the highest number you slowly just watch their sanity kind of (laughs) like they start to question everything and people it's it's really fun it's a really fun game um i will say that i played this game with many different people and not just our family and our family plays a little different (laughs) yes (laughs) as with many things i would agree they play a little different and i blame paul i blame the game breaker (laughs) yeah i think game breaker is what i said is like why on earth would you put a flower why would you put a rose It should be skull, skull, skull all day long. And then once half of the group are out of it entirely, only then do you start playing roses. And Greg does that all the time now. And and so we have a very skull-heavy game in which somebody invariably is going to bid just three. They're going to flip over their own rose. And then they're out of seven other people. They're going to just try to find two roses. And half of the time... There aren't two roses in the entire. Yeah. Thing. Our, our mom usually has a rose, and that's about all you can. Yeah, Moira, well, Moira is a, Moira is a, a some. She's not. She's not. You can't rely on on. But her, if you but, if you're pretty sure everything else is roses, your safest bet would what is skulls. If everything else is skulls, yeah. your safest bet would be our mom. Well, I'd say that our our family has a, a bit of a dynamic in this game, uh, <laughs> as in Seven Wonders. Uh, but Mama and, and Grandma will often uh, hint at what they have if you're looking at them. Absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, they don't want to hurt you, you know? I mean, they, they care about you, so they don't want you to pay, you know, flip their skull. Uh you know, it's it's very frightening flipping yours uh, or or Uncle Paul's because there's just no reading you. And you <laughs> Grandma avoids eye contact if she has a skull. She like won't look at you. Grandma and Greg tend to make it very late into the game because they don't bet. Yeah, they they don't try. <laughs> they don't go for it at they all. They play it very safe. They, they wait. They wait and see what happens. Yes, I think that is very very true. Uh, Aiden, uh, 
what are some other of your favorite games? Because you only mentioned Twilight Struggle as being your favorite game. What what other games are really sing to you? Um, well, uh, I personally really really like Teach You. Um, mm. I like Code Names a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I actually I enjoy Winter Circle as like a very just a very fun game. Yes. I don't think we talked about Winter Circle on the show. Tell us about Winter Circle. Uh, Winter Circle is a game in which you are betting on horses uh, in a race. Uh, so there are eight horses. Uh, they line up. Uh, yeah, one is first, one is last, and there is a series of tiles that are randomly flipped over a, to represent each horse in a in a given round, and they have four symbols which correspond to symbols on a die: horse head, saddle. Uh, I don't remember the other Horseshoe two. And Horseshoe and helmet. Correct. Uh, three of the sides of that die are horse heads. So there's a 50% chance of getting a horse head and a one in six chance of getting any of the other three. Uh, these these tiles have a, a number of spaces that the, the horse will move forward if that is rolled and that horse is chosen to move. And they're named after very famous horses. So Citation, Indeed. which was a Triple Crown winner. Stymie. Has a, exactly. Sir Barton. <laughs> Regret. What else? I mean, there's... Old Pap. Oh, Old Rosebud. Rosebud, there, there you go. Good, good, good. Old Rosebud, yeah. Anyway, yeah. famous horses. So Citation, for instance, moves seven spaces if it gets a horse head. Yeah. It moves two spaces if it has Anything a saddle. Else. It has moves one space if it gets a horseshoe. So 50% of the time, it's going to move seven, which is a good uh, amount of movement. Because the die, three sides of the die is a horse head, yeah. and the rest is... The other ones. Precisely right. So, but then there's other horses which are more long shots, which only move one space if there's a horse head. But one of them, I think, old, old regret. regret regret moves twenty if you get a horse head. I think. No, no, uh, no. no. Uh, oh no, saddle. if you get a saddle. Yeah. So you know, you're you have uh you have four betting tiles. One represents two bets. One is a zero to throw people off, and the other two are ones. Uh, and you have to think, you know, if if there is, for example. Uh, a horse with a a seven in the horse head category, and you know, uh, garbage in the others, mm. and then a horse like Regret, which will move absolutely nothing uh, if if anything is rolled except for one. But if you roll that one and you get a lucky roll on Regret two times, the game is over. They've won because twenty spaces is huge. Uh, but the other one uh, is super consistent, and every round they will move seven. So if unless they get sabotage, unless they get sabotage, but it's unlikely. So how does sabotage work though? So Leah. So if, uh, if I put a zero on regret, but everyone else playing put on bets on regret, I can't see their bets, but I can guess that there's a good amount of bets on regret, but I put a zero and I don't want that horse to win because I won't get anything. So I might roll a horseshoe and I might move regret one to right. avoid having to so the people that want regret to move have to wait until the right die result comes up to move at six spaces. But if somebody is betting against regret, if somebody does not have any bet on regret and sees that other bets are there, then that person is going to move regret the least number of spaces. And once a horse is moved in a round, it cannot be moved again until all of the other horses in that round have been moved. Essentially, you flip over the tile for that, representing that horse, and it can't be moved again. I think there was one game where n a horse that nobody bet on won yeah. because my dad <laughs> and my brother were in a Aiden and... <laughs> it wasn't Aiden. Aiden it didn't wasn't move it. me. Aiden I never no, moved it. I was um, frustrated. But, but you guys were in kind of a war because my dad put a zero on a horse that my brother bet on. And, <laughs> and I did the same and to a horse versa, that he bet on. So my dad decided to 
make a horse that no one would benefit on. Be a little vaccine and only move one horse, and that horse ended up winning. Aiden's horse was closer to the f- finish line, yeah, and so I, was I decided to win. that I decided I needed his his winnings to go down. Yeah. So a horse that had nobody's bet on it, <laughs> I got across the line. It was it was incredible. <laughs> oh, it's a really fun game. Uh, it's a Reiner Knizia design. He's a, just amazing. He he designed so many uh, great great games, including uh, High Society and. Uh, and uh, Samurai, which yeah. we'll, we'll talk about in a second. Um, yeah, that's a really, really fun party game. What are we saying, Sol? Talk. Teach you. You want to talk about Teach you? Let's talk about Teach you because that's one of the most played family games. Why do we play Teach you so often? Mama loves it. <laughs> yeah, it's your favorite. favorite game. Moira Donnelly loves her some Teach you. I, I've talked about it on the podcast before a little bit in, in that it is the, the game that sings to her the most. Maybe because it's, she likes card games to begin with, and it is a card game, right? It's a, it's a card game with a little bit extra, but it is a card game. So like, why do you think Mama likes that game so much. Uh, she likes the teamwork in it. It's not like everyone's on the team, but you have a partner and you guys are working together. So one person might have to kind of destroy their hand to help the other person to win. And she really likes that teamwork. What about you? Do you like that teamwork? I do. In that game, I like the teamwork. Um, it's kind of like poker, so it takes years to learn. And it's r- really tough. Like I'm still trying to learn how it works and how to get points. Um, but do you remember I like the? It. Do you remember who won the last game of Teach You that we played as a family? Me and Aiden. Yes, you and Aiden. Yeah, <laughs> and you and Aiden destroyed me and mommy. It's a cardinal rule that me and Aiden cannot be paired together because my dad and my mom have been playing it for so long. They they're have a, a legendary perfect, team. Yeah, they have a perfect like synchronization. And that's one of the things that uh, Mama likes about the game. She likes the fact that. It is a good relationship game, right? It is a it is a we are a good team. We work together because we sacrifice for each other. Now I tend to get better cards, so she tends to give me her very best card. You yes. can always pass one card to your partner each round. But when I don't, when I don't have a hand where I think I can all teach you, my she knows that my very best card is going to come to her each and every time, and I'm never going to hang on to it in the hopes of being able to, to to do something in the round, and that is 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 crucial. And we've played many, 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 many couples, and we have crushed many, 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 many couples. Except for, <laughs> it's true. Except for that one time. Um, no, we we uh, we we play couples and we play hard and. Um, I find that couples love this game because of that, because you're working together with your partner and you're trying to vanquish that other partnership that is just, just evil, <laughs> just horrible. It, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. And I'm really glad that you guys are playing it because I think it is one of those games that when you guys go to college, you can take that game with you to college and you you can teach it to other people pretty easily. And it's a kind of game that, People of all sorts, people that are non-gamers, total non-gamers, will play that game, fall in love with it, and you'll have something to do with them for the rest of your lives, which is pretty awesome. Though, uh, I do enjoy it the most when it's specifically against you guys, uh, <laughs> because it's, it's, I think for a lot of people, it's a difficult idea to get to get around that uh, they may have a, a, a hand that has, you know, a couple aces. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult to, to, I think, for some people to realize that they should give one of those aces away, even if it means 
that the rest of their hand is not going to work. They're not going to get out. Mm -hmm. um, but they should give that away because exactly. they're not going to call teach you. Their partner might. So exactly. You got to sacrifice a lot. Exactly. That's 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 the the key to teach you is figuring out when to press it and when to sacrifice and how to be a good teammate when you can't communicate with your teammate. That's like a, a really really key thing. And I got to say for a high school high school junior and a high school freshman, you guys are very good at it. You guys are very very good at that game and I I've been impressed by your uh, uh, by the quality of your play. I, I think that's another game that you guys can make Uncle Paul cry at, and I highly recommend that you do so early, yeah. early and often. Um, another category of games that we play quite a bit are party games. Um, let's talk about party games because Soleil, being the casual gamer, party games. I love them. Why? Because they're they're quick, they're a fast play, uh, and. It's just fun. There's not all of that like waiting and oh, what are you going to do? Which I sometimes like in games. It's just a fun and fast-paced game. Good. What is what would you say is one of your favorite party games? Celia is looking at a list of games Telestrations. she wrote. Illustrations. Illustrations Aiden says? Not not for me. Celia likes illustrations. Celia, you're actually a good drawer. Yeah. Though the thing about tele So let's talk about illustrations first. The thing about illustrations is is the best drawer does not necessarily do well yeah. no. at telestrations. It's, it's tragically true. A uh, friend of the pod, Nick Rivera, who I've played many times with, is, first of all, he's a contractor, and contractors need to learn, learn how to draw. They need to know how to draw. He can draw amazing things. He got a clue once that was Last of the Mohicans, and he, in 30 seconds, as the timer's going off with a really junky dry erase marker, drew this Indian with tears coming down its eyes and t Indians behind him in a row getting smaller and smaller as they disappear into the distance and trees. And <laughs> it, was like, it was the most amazing thing I had ever seen in my life. And I was, able, I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm pretty sure that's Last of the Wakens. And sure enough, it absolutely was. But for every time he has a victory like that, he spends so much time on the drawing that, that he's not focused on like where's the arrow what's the thing we're supposed to be focusing on i'm seeing 20 different things in this amazing drawing but i don't see the thing that's the most important so what do you think about illustrations i think it's a really fun game i haven't played it in a while but mm. i really like it yeah we should get back on the table shouldn't yeah. we? It's, a, it's a lot of fun the idea of illustrations it's actually based on a um on a public domain game called eat poop you cat um <laughs> The reason it's called Eat Poop You Cat is because it's essentially a game of telephone where somebody has a saying or a phrase or something at the beginning. A person has to draw what that phrase is. Then the next person doesn't see the original phrase. They only see the drawing and they have to write down what they think the answer is. And then they pass that on. The person sees the second writing and then has to draw that and so on and so forth until you get down to the end. And at the end, you can have some comically wrong interpretations of what that initial thing was. And you can see how quickly it went wrong, which is why the original game was called Eat Poop, You Cat. Because somebody, you know, the, one of the very first times they ever played it, they, they got to the end and the end is like, I'm pretty sure the person was trying to draw Eat Poop, You Cat. <laughs> um, yeah, so barely a game. Right, it's one of those yeah. experience more than a game. Right, some party games are good games in in the sense that there's reasonable scoring and it makes sense and would all that. Would Werewolf sort of stuff. be considered a party game? Yeah, Werewolf yeah. would. That would be my top favorite game. That's your favorite game of all time. 
Oh, that's hard. But I'd say it's in the top four. Good. Tell me about it. Uh, it's similar to a ga- playground game in elementary school called Mafia. Yeah, but it's the same it's, game, actually. Same derivation. Yeah, yeah but it's a more complex, like, better version. Now, d- you've played it. We play it on Thanksgiving and Christmas and things like that, right? Yeah. And we we, we jazz it up, right? We, we put on the right music. music. <laughs> and what else do we do? Uh, well, we just, like, know the people playing it so well. So we always get out Paul and my dad first. <laughs> yes, yeah. they, they, they murder us first. So Uncle Paul and me, we almost we without fail, tend regardless, to be, tend to be sitting watching the game. Well, actually, usually I'm I'm usually the moderator, so mm. I'm usually not even playing. No, they they murder Paul 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 first, and uh, yeah, drag him off to the lime pit to be stoned to death. Poor Paul. But it's a storytelling game and a party game. Very much so, and I find it's one of those weird things that we have seen. Such great play from people you would never expect great play from. Absolutely. Like my parents, who do not seem to be like gamers at all and aren't gamers in a lot of ways, are amazing at this game. Like they're totally into it. And uh, do you guys, did you guys ever remember Uncle Bruce playing this game once? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Never going to forget that. He was really good at it. Uncle Bruce is is, uh, Moira's uh, Moira's uncle and uh, quiet reserved, really nice guy, Vietnam or Marine veteran, uh, just sort of one of those stoic sor- sorts. And then he gets into a game of werewolf and what happens? Oh, he he like single-handedly won for his team. And, like, <laughs> oh, it was amazing. He was like, you're the one. It's you. You just outed yourself. He's dead right. <laughs> With his uh, Texas accent. But everyone believes him because he's, he's such an honest, like awesome person. Yeah. And no one could like think that he would be the werewolf. Or... So I have a theory about this. I think that that generation plays a game like werewolf and gets right into it because I think back in those days they would play parlor games. They would like be together, you know, and listening to to records at a, at a party, and they would they would have party. Uh, Parlor games was a thing back in a certain era, and it was just something that people knew how to do. So I think. It's something that we've kind of lost a little bit, but they totally access it and access it immediately. I love a good game of Werewolf. I will tell you guys that we have a a new game out called Blood on the Clock Tower, which is sort of super werewolf. Ooh. It is werewolf with very specific roles and a lot more involved in terms of the deduction of who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. When it comes out, I'm going to be getting it. We're going to be playing it with the family. So, Leia, you in particular, I think... probably be right... I think so. I think so. Aiden, for you, for party games, I think Wits and Wagers is one of your favorites. I love Wits and Wagers. Tell me about it. Uh, it is a game in which you have uh, cards that give you uh, a, a, a question that has a number as its answer, right? So how many feet tall is the Burj Khalifa, right? Tallest building in the world. Uh, and then you have to guess. Uh, and, and everyone around the table writes down a number uh, on, a, on a card. And then those are lined up uh, across the the board um, from lowest to highest. And the board looks like a craps table. It does. Uh, the the guess that is right in the middle of all the guesses. Let's suppose let's suppose the guesses were one foot tall, a hundred feet tall, a thousand feet tall, ten thousand feet tall, and a million feet tall. Right? There's something like that. Right? <laughs> Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's right in the middle. That one goes in the middle of the betting board, and that one pays off at one to one odds if it's right. The one on the end 
that's going to pay off at three to one odds and so on and so forth. So, yeah. um, but the thing is, is that it doesn't really matter that much if you guessed right, right? Because it's not a traditional trivia game. Yeah, you get, uh, well, you get money, <laughs> chips, if you, uh, if you put out the guess that is closest to the correct answer as well. Yes, you do. You do get a little bit, but it's in comparison to the main mechanism, which is you put out betting cubes and use some of your own chips to back up those betting cubes to put bets on which answer you think is correct. And you're not betting, you don't have to bet on yourself at all. Oh, yeah, not at all. I, I mean, often you can use your own bet to uh, try to uh, skew things so that you get higher odds on something that you think is closer to the answer. It's, yeah. It's a bunch of random facts, too. So I p- know that my brother and my dad know a lot of just random facts. <laughs> like, so typically, I go for their answers. I bet on their answers because I truly have no idea. Yeah. And, and there is table presence, right? Sometimes you'll, we'll have a question and we'll realize, oh, wow. Uncle Paul, he's, no, he's, he's the, the one. exact number. Or he, Uncle he, Greg. He was an right, he, right. This one was a music question. Uncle Greg has got a good shot at this. Yeah. Or, or Mama, she was a she was a classical pianist. So the, they're really good at this. They got a good shot at this one. Uncle Paul is an engineer. He's got a really good shot at this particular question. And so you look at his answer and you say, well, where where is he on that? If it's a history question, Aiden or I might have a really good yeah. good, good shot at this. And then there are some that are how many gallons of water fit in an Olympic-sized swimming pool? I think I actually knew that one at a certain and point. And it's an astonishing number of gallons of water. Right. But how do you come up with an educated guess? Like, what, what is the criteria by which you come with, with an educated guess? Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, if you, know, if you know in general, like, how many gallons of water are in, like, a, a 10 by 10 pool, you can maybe extrapolate that. But Maybe. It's, it's, it's super, super hard. Very, yeah. very interesting, interesting game. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's a really great one. Um, let's talk about a few more of our favorite games. So, Leia, your favorite genre is uh, deduction games. Is that correct? That's correct. What are some of your favorite deduction games? You already said Mr. Jack. You already said Werewolf. Um, let's talk about a game like Scotland Yard. I haven't played Scotland, Scotland Yard in a while, but I remember really liking it. I love Nancy Drew. And Scotland Yard, you're playing famous detectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that like role play part was fun. Mm-hmm. But I haven't played it in a while. In a while. And, uh, but Burgle Brothers, which is not exactly a deduction game, but it's a little bit like that. Do you, what, what do you think about that one? I thought it was okay. Um, I don't remember it being my favorite. Is that the one with the you're on each floor and you're trying to escape? Yes, you're 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 participating in a heist with the other burglars. Yeah, once I haven't played it a recent enough to be able to remember it, but I remember liking it fine. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's a pretty good game as far as that goes. And then last but not least, I want to ask you about Mystery of the Abbey. Ooh, Mystery of the Abbey is a really good game. Haven't played it in a while. <laughs> 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 Why not? Um, you play Clue Mysteries more than you play well, it's a bit Mystery long. of the Abbey. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a pretty long game. And also, I know at the beginning I said that the look of the board isn't the most isn't a very important factor for me. But um, I feel like Mystery of the Abbey, the board is a little bit less interesting than Burgle Bros. Yeah, Burgle Brothers has got a very good looking board, and uh, actually, I love Scotland Yard. It's the yeah. it's the map of London with the subway stops and the bus stops and the taxi stops and all that sort of stuff. I think that's a really gorgeous looking board. For Mystery of the Abbey, I feel like it's 
uh, a little more simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a clue variant, right? It's basically the game of Clue, just with a few more bells and whistles on there. It's definitely a very fun game to play, but I feel like with such amazing games like Scotland Yard and Mr. Jack, I would choose those over. Now, I want to talk about one more party game before we get completely off topic, and that is the newest party game that we've been playing, or two new party games we've been playing. We've been playing Just One and Wavelength. So, Leia, Just One. You remember Just One? With the numbers? Uh, no, Just One is the is the one where we write on the little whiteboard. And, and if two uh, people have the same guess, it's four. That one's really fun. Um, it was We got every single one except for two so you you get a clue and you put it uh the person who is guessing puts it on a little stand and they can't see it and they on the card there's a list of numbers so like number one might be lawn or number two might be what was it called spartacus or just random words Mm -hmm. and they'll choose a number so they'll say three and that could be like rose petals and the other people write on a little whiteboard a word that just one so just one, one word. word that's gonna get the guesser to guess rose petals right or rosebud let's say uh, yeah r- r- or because uh, it's one word oh it's one word. yeah rose 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 yeah. for instance so what would you write for rose the I obvious might, i might write flower but the right. problem is is what happens if two people write the same word if two people wrote flower they would each have to put their uh clues face down and the guesser would not be able to see them so the key to the game is coming up with words that are not the first thing you think of, but together with the other people at the table are going to combine to get that person to answer that question, right? Yeah. We've had a lot of fun with that game, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a blast. Yeah. And, and for Solea, for the casual gamer, it is short. Very fun. It is short. And really, it's not about winning. It's sort of more about the fun and funny moments you have in the game. That's the most important thing. Exactly. Right? What about Wavelength, Aiden? I I love wavelength. <laughs> it's a pretty amazing game because it's very it's very tailored to uh, how well you know the other person. Yeah, uh, and, and and what you'd expect them to expect from you. Yes. Uh, so you know it, it'll be basically um, a card that that gives you two extremes. Uh, like, uh, what is an example? Um, uh, let's see. There is a worst person in the world, best person in the world. Right. And uh, then there is a like a semicircle essentially, right? Uh, where you know the, the the person who will give us a clue is spins it, and somewhere randomly in that semicircle, uh, there is a a a number slice of, of pie. Yeah. Let's say. Hey, thank you. <laughs> There's a uh, a slice of pie in the middle in a in a slim sliver. There is a single uh, four or four, four points if you if. You, your team places the needle right on that section. Three points if it's a little outside of that. Flanking two points that. if it's outside of that. Yeah. And anything outside of that 10-degree, 20-degree angle, no points at all. Yeah, and it is, it is a tiny portion of the entirety of that semicircle. So they're trying to give you a clue as to where in that semicircle... Uh, you know, you're going to place a marker. So, so best person in the world, worst person in the world, if, if it's s- all the way down at the end on worst person in the world... They hey, might say Hitler. Yeah, pretty yeah. easy, right? Yeah. How are you going to justify not having the needle all the way down yeah. on Hitler? Like, well, he had some good ideas. Let's, right? You're going to have a problem. He was an artist, you know? 
No, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a problem. You're gonna with go that. all the way to the but right. The hardest is right in the middle. Who's someone who wasn't the worst and definitely wasn't the best? Who could classify to be straight in the middle? It's about a nuance, right? Yeah. It's like what if it's Who's not dead center, but what if it's astonishingly? Uh, what if it's halfway between the the center and the worst person in the world? What do you say to your team? What single concept do you tell your team that is going to get them to say, well? He's definitely not one of the best people in the world, but he's not super awful, so we don't go too far that way. And the other, t- the rest of your team is going to have this conversation, and their conversation is going to be, but it's Tom. What does Tom think about that person? It oh, was, that? Yeah, you're trying to get it in the other person's head. And as the clue giver, you also have to think, is this person going to think that I'm giving the clue from my train of thought or for their own train of thought well yes and for example if we use best person worst person most of the clues that i wanted to give for that one were historical figures that, that not everyone at the table would know yes more nuanced people you that would have that would have helped one person but not the rest you yeah. said a character from the good place um i did I but did. the only mistake that with that was that me and my dad had watched a lot more of it or <laughs> no, it wasn't. We watched no, we no, it's that we, it's, no, it's we had different perceptions of that character. Yeah. yeah. So I was, which, like, which, by the way, in a show that's about moral philosophy, is that's of course what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Not bad. No, are you kidding me? He's very, very bad. He's like, he's like way closer to the worst person. We're like, what are you talking about? No. He, yeah. Aiden was thinking that this character was, you know, not terrible, but definitely on the worst person side. But I had seen the new season. Where he was like an amazing person, or uh, I don't know, like he had just improved. Yeah. So I was like, he's definitely. A you better just perceive person. that character very, very differently, and that happens in this game. Uh, it, it's one of those. It, it's one of those things that uh, it's like m- the mind. It is a game that attempts telepathy. Yeah. Right. It's a game where the game rewards you for getting into the head of the people around you. And there is something wonderful about that experience when it works, when you when you flip open the thing and you see where that slice of the pie is and you're dead center and everyone's like, that's amazing. We're just totally you. You get this feeling of camaraderie. You get this feeling of we are in sync. Like you understand me in a deep way that I didn't realize until right now. And there's something kind of crazy good about that. Right. Aiden, I want to talk to you because we we didn't really get to too many more of your uh, best games. Do you have a. Any more of your best games? Like, look down at the bottom of that list that I gave you for some of the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all, all four at the li- at the bottom of the list. I, I, I love Samurai. Uh, Samurai is the is the uh, Reiner Knizia game. It is a medium weight to medium heavier weight game, which is... Uh, a, it takes place on the islands of Japan, and you're trying to win these pieces that are there and you do that by surrounding territories with those pieces right yeah 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 it's it's a very fun game because you're trying to allocate resources to different places and do you go for something undisputed or do you try for one of the cities that's worth a lot more points mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh i i mean back when we played it a bit i loved pandemic legacy um i i'm 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 warming up to Everdell. I'm I'm still trying to decide how I feel about that game. <laughs> it's okay. You and Soleil both. I think I think Moira and I like the game better than you two do. You're both sort of like you're more on this. Aiden, you are more on the side of 
I'm not sure there's enough depth of strategy here. And Soleil's like, I'm not sure I want to be playing something this long. <laughs> well, it's just... <laughs> Is that right, Sol? That's exactly right. I don't know. Something about games over like two hours just... It is not two hours. It's like, Well, maybe, but, maybe two hours, maybe. It feels like it's yeah, two yeah. hours. Yeah, I, I'd say, uh, you know, it, it's odd. I've, I haven't played it very much, uh, but the times I have played it, I tried the same strategy with vastly different uh, results. Mm. Uh, where I went for only cards that would, or well, I focused primarily on cards that would give me resources so that later in the game, I would be able to afford a, a, basically an, a never-ending last round uh, in the autumn season. Yes, um, but which it, you did. You crushed it. I, I, I had so many resources. Um, but the first time I tried that, it didn't work almost at all. Mm. Uh, so it, it's just... It's a bit odd to me, as well as, you know, you tend to find a way to be in the first season for so much longer than <laughs> everyone else. And even when I try to do that same thing, it, it hasn't worked out up till now. It's just, it's a game with so much variety and so many choices. Yeah. I'm, I haven't played it enough to find, you know... Uh, I think that's I guess fair. reliable ways to win. What about, I, what about agree? Oh, go ahead, Soleil. I, w- I would agree uh, that I might like it better if I played it again, now that I understand it just a little bit better. Yeah, we're, we're very new to Everdell. As I've yeah. said on this podcast many times, uh, Matt took my copy and held on to it <laughs> for a very long period of time during the pandemic. Just joking. Matt was like, why do you keep, why do you keep bragging on me for having it? You can have it back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Aiden, Agricola. We never talked about Agricola, but oh, yeah. you have played Agricola more than most people your age by yeah. far. Oh, I love Agricola. I mean, you know, the first time around, you don't know what's coming up. But after that, you know that toward the end, you're going to be able to have a fifth person. And, you know, when the uh, the fences and all that kind of thing come up, it is a really fun game because it is a game that, you know, you, you kind of have to balance. You got to... And last but no, it's good. Yeah. yeah. You have to you have to you have to really figure out if somebody is taking this, I yeah. can no longer do that. What do I do instead? And when you're not going first, you're not gonna get enough wood. Yep. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta figure out what you're gonna do based on that. Which has translated into Everdell. There's a space in Everdell which allows you to get three wood and no one else can get three wood. Yep. And what does your mother do every time? Immediately takes all the wood because <laughs> because of the legacy of Agricola. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly what she does. And the last but not least, the game that you have played far more than anyone your age group, by far, what do you think? Uh, High Frontier. High Frontier is correct. Yeah. Aiden, what, what age did I start you off playing High Frontier? <laughs> I don't even remember. It was a bit young, though. 10, maybe? Yeah, something like that. I think at age 10, I said, Aiden, you like space. Love it. <laughs> Let's... Uh, Let's try a uh, realistic uh, expropriation of uh, spatial res- of uh, solar system resources game. Yeah, and I taught you that game, and we played it. We must have played it about a hundred times. So many times. It was, it was. I adored that game because it has a gorgeous board. Oh, um, I, you know, I I picked it as the most beautiful board in board gaming history. I mean, I I would probably agree with that. Actually, Rebellion. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Star but Wars it's Rebellion. It's just more colorful. Star Wars Rebellion. Yeah, uh, I could see that. But yeah, I mean, it is it it is fantastic. I mean, I I've always been fascinated with um, you know space travel and such, mm. and to have like everything from radiation belts to Lagrange 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 points <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yes. I don't want to pronounce that wrong. 
you know, to, to even like, you know, degrees of uh, effectiveness of solar sails the farther away you get from the sun. And mm-hmm. saying, you know, I, I could launch this expedition into space um, with very little cost in water, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because with water you can split it into hydrogen as fuel and oxygen as, you know, being something you can breathe through electrolysis. Uh, but, you know, I could launch it very quickly, but it can't get very far from Earth. Yeah. Because if I try to go to any distant asteroids or distant planets, it's it's going to run out of uh, thrust. Um and it's just, it is such a fun game, especially when you get into the later game when you can uh, flip cards over to their, uh, for example, thrusters to a side where they are far more efficient. Mm-hmm. There, is a, there is a thruster that has, like, it's, it's the worst thruster in the game. Like, you have to spend so much fuel to get, like, so little mass anywhere. Mm-hmm. But if you build factories on... Uh, you know, asteroids that, that provide you with the materials to upgrade it, it becomes the most efficient thing in the game. It's incredible. You could go anywhere. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the fun, the fun thing, or w- one of the other things I loved about the game was uh, a, a lot of the uh, technologies in it were real, uh, whether it was models for something that people were trying to design mm-hmm. or experimental uh, thrusters or, or things that already existed. The Hall Effect thruster in the game is currently being used by... Uh by SpaceX's uh, satellite network right now. They're yeah. using that to to put things into di- different places. So, yeah, all of that stuff is being used. Would you uh, shake your sister to wake her up after that long <laughs> hey. explanation of... <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Electrolysis. And that's what... Did I say it right? Yeah. Yes, right. it's good. It's good. So... Um, where do you see yourselves, like when you go to college and when you go off into your lives, what do you think you're going to take from your your youth of gaming? The ability to lose. Oh, wow. good. Talk about that. Well, from, you know, the age of very young, we've been playing a lot of games and it, it was, I feel like at an earlier age than what is normal, I learned losing and, you know, that not everything's about winning, but mostly how it's like okay to be sad that you lost, but yeah. it's not okay to let it completely overpower you and yeah. like control your emotions for the rest of that day. And because in life you're gonna lose all the time. Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, not. well, I mean, hopefully not all the yeah. time. But well, yeah, but, but you're not but gonna, you're gonna get be... like everything that you want. And yeah. That's a, dude. That's an awesome answer. <laughs> Aiden, what about you? She stole mine. I mean, is that the same thing? Well, this is something I've talked about a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I have, I have uh, you know, to an extent when I was younger, mm. you, you actually would let me win uh, at, at a decent amount of games a decent amount of the time. Mm. So I never felt like I was like just absolutely getting beat up on. Mm. Um, and, and you balance that really well. Uh, but, but I have learned uh, to, to handle loss uh, in, 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 you know, a, a minor sense. Uh, Better than I think I would have through just about anything else. Because, you know, for example, Twilight Struggle. Yeah. You know, a game we have played a decent number of times. Sure. A game I have lost a majority of those times. And it is an emotional investment for me. (laughs) Because I am sitting there three hours desperately trying to do anything I can to hold on to Asia as you slowly pick apart. Your capitalist pigs will die in their own vomit. My weak defense. <laughs> and it, it's just, you know, after after playing three hours and doing my best and still just, just getting brutally destroyed, you know, 
I, I had to come to terms with the fact that this game is not everything, you know? Yes. At the moment, it may feel like a big deal. Sure. But, you know, I, I, can, I can be a little bit disappointed, but I have to be respectful of your, of your victory. Sure. You know, I should congratulate you and move on. I will say this. I'm going to say the flip side of this, which sure. is it's also made you guys good winners. Yeah, not, you, yeah. <laughs> you guys have become very, very, you've become gentlemen and ladies at a gaming table and in other circumstances. You have empathy for people that are not doing well when you are doing well, for people that are losing when you are winning. And you have learned, for the most part, how to be gracious about that. And uh, as everybody at uh, Game Brain would like to say to you right now, Please teach your father how to do that. <laughs> that would be a great thing. Yeah. No, I'm serious. You guys are you guys are are very you're very good at the game table. You're very good and I see that in other aspects as well. I see you guys being more gentle than you used to be with with each other and with other people. Not always. Not always. We all have bad days and we have bad moments. But I I, I see that as being something very important. Because listen. Life is competitive. Life in the United States is is yeah. competitive, and there's going to be a lot emotionally put into those experiences that you're going to have your entire lives. And hopefully, gaming is a safe place to model some of that, yeah, and to figure out how to do it better. And I think you guys are well on your way. Yeah, and you know, especially for me, sometimes uh, to learn the lesson that uh, to win is not always. Uh, you know the the paramount objective. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll play a game and I'll be feeling pretty competitive, and I will play that game. I will stick by the rules, and uh, you know, I want other people to play their best as well. Mm. But sometimes people just people are just there to like hang out with friends. You know, hang out with family, and and the game is just a way for them to do that. Yeah, especially with Solea. Yeah, yeah. and uh, sometimes gamer Dimitri. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a My lesson I'm still learning. You know, sometimes yeah. I got to be like, hey. This is a uh, social activity. Um, yeah. Don't ruin it for everyone by being overly competitive. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, listen, I hope that in your own ways, that as you go on through life, that you'll find a way to incorporate some of this. You know, the, the games that you like, the games that speak to you. Um, because, listen, you guys are living in a world that is becoming more virtual by the day. And yeah. in the last month, boy, has that increased, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Right? So... I hope that when we come out the other side of this, that we're all as a as a people going to sort of put more of a premium on actually getting together and being together in the same place and doing things physically together, which for me is the reason I game. That's yeah. that's it. It's like I don't play you guys see me, I don't play video games. No. I really no. I really I really don't. I want to be with people and interacting with them. And yeah. that's that's the important thing. And I, I think that's a great thing to take from gaming. All right. I've kept you guys long enough. First of all, thank you guys so much. You guys crushed it. You guys have been absolutely <laughs> amazing. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to do one last thing before we go off. So we'll I'll 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 sing your praises again in a, in a few minutes. But right now, I'm going to go down a list of games that you guys have played. And I want you to give just sort of a one word, one word response each to what that is. Okay? Sure. Teach you. Love it. Good. Ricochet Robots. Fantastic. I love it. Code names. Really good. Excellent. Memory. Oh, yeah. It's, there's Pain just not much to it. Painful. <laughs> painful. It I'm going to say painful. It hurts. The mind. Good. Fantastic. For sale. Ooh, it's pretty good. A, a bit repetitive, okay. but yes. good. 
Um, Dominion. Boo. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Boo. Boo. Good. No, it's good. not boo. Um, boo is a good it's, it's for sure not the game for me um, because it takes six hours. <laughs> but, it does not um, take six no. hours. <laughs> Dominion? You haven't played it in forever, but yeah, no, it's a, it's it's an hour and a half game. Is it, it Demoker? Are you thinking of Demoker? I'm thinking of Demoker. We've no, never no, no, played no, 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 no. Dominion is is the <laughs> game is the game where you have a hand of money cards and stuff like that, and you're buying oh. the, the, the the cards out in front the of you. The bizarre. And yeah, and some of the cards you buy like give you an extra action or give you an extra oh, buy. I, I still stand by my reaction. <laughs> I, I, I love Dominion. Um, I like short games, but I respect people who like it. <laughs> high Society. I don't. I don't, know, I don't. I don't remember. You guys don't remember. It's been We're gonna have so to bring long. it back out again because it's so good. Yeah. Seven Wonders. Yay! Very good. With anyone but our family. <laughs> Splendor. Uh. It's okay. Yeah. Don't 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 love it. Mama's second favorite game. So we'll say that. Yeah. Love Letter. Great. Very enjoyable. Wavelength. Pretty good. <laughs> Werewolf. Fun. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Modern art. Very fun. Pretty good. Another Reiner Knizia game. Yeah. Uh, Aiden, Fugitive. Fugitive. Uh, That's the two-player deduction game where one person is the fugitive and the other person, you're playing the cards and they have the the numbers. Oh, yes, yes, the numbers. Uh, That's a really fun one. Cartagena. Simple, but good. Mm. That's all. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. It's pretty good. Welcome to the dungeon. I think that game is a solid. Like, it's a short play. It's a lot of fun. Pit. Great. It's fun. Super fast. <laughs> has a bell. It's Aiden? really fun. Yeah. Catan. Uh, I, I, here's the thing about Catan. Oh, here we go. Here um, we go. Jesse, hang on. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's one of those games that if I ever am like, hey, you know, to, to friends, you know, mm-hmm. do you guys want to play a board game? Or I ask, what board games do you know? It's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I know Monopoly. I know Settlers of Catan. It's like, for that reason, I, I despise it. But <laughs> but it's a good game. I actually, I enjoy Catan. Okay, there yeah. you go. There you go. Uh, Ticket to Ride. Oh, it's fantastic. Especially trauma. Yeah. <laughs> trauma, Zalea. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great game now, but oh, boy. You, we, we played that was one of the first bigger games we played with yeah. you when you were a little little girl yeah uh, I don't think I got through one game until I was 13 Soleil just wanted to get the rainbows it's true the, the, uh, just the engines uh, yeah it's especially Europe yes because Europe can, is tough Europe can be blocked no Europe you can't it's harder to oh be that's blocked. right that, that's what's go. so there great about it there you go Bonanza of fantastic so. growing on me I'd say it's okay uh, you guys don't remember Alhambra, which is shocking. To I me do because we played it a lot. What do you think? I I loved Alhambra. It's it's fantastic. It's a colorful game. It's yeah, it is. Yeah. it really is. Solea, spot it. Great on the road game. Lame. Interesting. Solea likes all of the timed games. The games where the, the it's like the faster your response is, the better you it's do. It's a it's a very very simple game, and I wouldn't want to play it more than once. Yes. Like in uh in a row, an extended period of time. Sure. But. What about Lupin Louie? Oh, my childhood. <laughs> I don't know why it it's was ever such a big It's a great game for younger kids. It's pretty fun. It is fun. Jungle Speed. Great. It's good. Aiden, Lost Cities. Okay. So it, here's the thing. Uh-huh. 
you liked this game more than I did. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's a short game. It's it's entertaining. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. But That's I, fair enough. I don't I don't love it. Aiden and Salea, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. You came in here and you crushed it. I think this is I think people are gonna really like this episode. I think it they're gonna find that you know, that they're going to hear echoes of their own opinions in the next generation. I think that's going to be heartening. They're also going to hear some very sort of different ways of looking at things. Uh, what I love about you guys is your intentionality. When you come and play a game with me, you play with your heart, you play with your soul, you try and be, you know, you, you try and engage with it as, as best you can in, in, in all kinds of ways. And I'm so happy to have had so much fun with you guys over the years gaming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thank both you. for coming on the podcast. Um, we just, I just want to remind you guys once more that uh, the voting is in right now. It's time to vote for the Golden Geek winner. So please, 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 if you can, vote for our little podcast that could. And at some point this week, we will be putting up on social media information about our call-in show, which we're going to be doing next week. And um, yeah. We're we're looking forward to continuing this uh, this podcast into our second year. We've had a great great time doing this with you, and uh, we look very much forward to continuing on in the new year. And even if it's just that we were nominated for a Golden Geek Award in our first year, we are incredibly honored for that. And thank you again to everyone that nominated for us. Um, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Game Brain Pod. We have a Facebook group, a Discord channel. Get in those board game sommelier requests. We are down to the bottom of the barrel as far as game sommeliers. And you've been listening to Game Brain, produced and edited by Matthew Robinson and Tom Donnelly. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. You know him as Alfred. More on Daedalus at GameBrainPod.com. You can also reach us by email at contact at GameBrainPod.com or on Twitter at GameBrain underscore pod. Thanks for listening, and go play some games with friends virtually, or virtually make some friends with games. Mm-hmm.